welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Rappin' and I pray all is well with everyone and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and everyone else all over the world. And if that be not so for some, and there are those who cannot come to terms with loving all God's children, those that do not consider kindness, compassion, and understanding when interacting with others, will equal rights and justice for everyone as being a priority for whatever reasons. Know that that lack of love and consideration hurts not the unloved as much as it condemns the unloving individuals and adversely affects the conditions of the country and the world that they claim to love. But in remaining faithful and acknowledging the all-chemical power of the spirit of the living God dwelling within all of us and guided by the same spirit, which is our mighty I Am Presence, we all have the power to change those negative feelings actions, and conditions into positives by utilizing the transforming power of our own loving energy to first correct ourselves, which will in turn transform our country and the world for the better. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life And y'all be loved. The name of magic, after having been so dreaded and so execrated in the Middle Ages, has become in our days almost ridiculous. A man who seriously occupies himself with magic will hardly pass as a reasonable being, unless set down as a physician and a quack. Credulous folks suppose that all magicians are workers of wonders and being moreover convinced that only the saints of their communion have the right to perform miracles, attribute the ideas and phenomena of magic to the influence of the devil or evil spirits. For our part, we believe that the miracles of the saints and those which are attributed to demons, are like the natural results of causes which are abnormally brought into action. Nature never disturbs herself, her standing miracle is immutable and eternal order. Moreover, magic must not be confounded with magism. Magic is an occult force, and magism is a doctrine which changes this force into a power. A magician without magism is only a sorcerer. A magist without magic is only one who knows. The science of magism is contained in the books of the Kabbalah, in the symbols of Egypt and of India, in the books of Hermes Trismegistus, in the oracles of Zoroaster, and in the writings of some great men of the Middle Ages, like Dante, Paracelsus, Trithemus, William Postel, Pomponacius, Robert Flood, etc. The works of magic are divination or prescience, thaumaturgy, or the use of exceptional powers, and theurgy or rule over visions and spirits. One may divine or predict, either by observations and the inductions of wisdom, or by the intuitions of ecstasy or sleep, 
or by calculations of science, or by the visions of enthusiasm, which is a species of intoxication. Indeed, Paracelsus calls it every ecadum or a species of ebriety. The states which are connected with somnambulism, exaltation, hallucination, intoxication whether by alcohol or drugs, in a word with all classes of artificial or accidental insanity in which the phosphorescence of the brain is increased or overexcited, are dangerous and contrary to nature, and it is wrong to attempt to produce them, because they derange the nervous equilibrium, and lead almost infallibly to frenzy, catalepsy and madness. Divination and prediction by mere sagacity demand a profound knowledge of the laws of nature, a constant observation of phenomena and their correlation, the discernment of spirits by the science of signs, the exact nature of analogies, and the calculation, be it integral or differential, of chances and probabilities. It is useful to divine and foresee, but we must not allow ourselves to divine or to mix ourselves up in predictions. A prophet interested in a matter is always a false prophet, because desire deranges sagacity, a prophet disinterested, that is to say a true prophet, always makes himself enemies, because there is always in this world more evil than good to predict, the occult sciences should always be kept hidden, the initiate who speaks, profanes, and he who knows not how to keep silence, knows nothing. Noah foresaw the deluge but took good care not to predict it. He held his tongue and built his ark. Joseph foresaw the seven years of famine and made his arrangements which secured to the king and priests all the wealth of Egypt. Jonah foretold the destruction of Nineveh and fled in despair because his prediction was not accomplished. The early Christians predicted the burning of Rome, and Nero with some appearance of justice accused them of having set it on fire. The sorcerers of Macbeth drove him to regicide, by telling him that he would be a king. Prophecy seems to attract evil and often provokes crime. The Jews believed that the glory of God was involved in the eternal preservation of their temple, to predict the destruction of this edifice was blasphemous. Jesus dared to do this, and the Jews, who but the day before had spread their garments beneath his feet and decked his path with branches and palms, cried all with one voice, let him be crucified. But it was not for them that the Savior had made this prediction, but for the small circle of his apostles and faithful followers, unfortunately, it became public and served as a pretext for the judicial murder of the best and most divine of men. It is not yet known to what extent the imagination and will of man are powers. It is evident that in certain cases nature obeys them, the sick suddenly recover health, inert objects change their position without any apparent motive force, visible and palpable forms are produced. The cause of all this is God for one set, the devil for the other, and no one reflects that God is too great to condescend to conjuring tricks, and that the devil, if he exists, as portrayed in legends, would be too intelligent and too proud to consent to be made ridiculous. All exclusive religions rely on miracles, and each attribute to the devil the miracles of its opposing faith. In this latter they are all to a certain extent right. The devil is ignorance, the demons are false gods. Now all false gods perform miracles, but the true God works only one, which is that of the eternal order. The miracles of the gospel are the wondrous operations of the divine spirit, related in an enigmatical style, as is the custom of the ancients and of orientals especially. That spirit changes water into wine, that is to say indifference into love, it walks on the waters, and with a word stills tempests, it opens the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf, it makes the dumb to speak and the paralytic to walk. It resuscitates humanity buried for four days, that is for four thousand years, it shows it in its putrefaction like Lazarus and ordains that it be released from its bonds and from its shroud. Such are the true miracles of Christ, 
But if they ask him for prodigies, he replies, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign and there shall no sign be given to it, but that of the prophet Jonas. Here the master gives us to understand that the miracles of the Bible are also allegories. Jonas issuing alive from the fish that has swallowed him is humanity which regenerates itself. Jesus gave to the Jews as incontestable miracles the holiness of his doctrine and the example of his virtues. Jesus may certainly have healed the sick, since Vespasian, Apollonius, Gassner, Mesmer, and the Zouave Jacob have also healed the sick. Sick people too may have been healed at Lourdes, as at the tomb of the deacon Paris, but such cures are not miracles, they are the natural results of a certain exaltation in faith. Jesus Christ said so himself. Can you cure me? Asked a certain sick person. If thou canst believe, said the master, all things are possible to him that believeth. Every man is a magnetic focus, which attracts and radiates. That attraction and that projection are what are called in magic the inspiration and respiration. The good inspire and respire good, the wicked attract and respire evil, the good may heal the body, because they make the souls better. The wicked do harm both to souls and bodies. Often the wicked attract good to corrupt it, and the good attract evil to change it into good. The Paradoxes of the Highest Science, by Eliphas Levy, published in 1856, translated in 1883, reissued in 1922. Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 3. The accusations against Jesus of practicing the magic of Egypt were numerous, and at one time universal, and the towns where he was known. The Pharisees, as claimed in the Bible, had been the first to fling it in his face, although Rabbi Wise considers Jesus himself a Pharisee. The Talmud certainly points to James the Just, as one of that sect. But these partisans are known to have always stoned every prophet who denounced their evil ways, and it is not on this fact that we base our assertion. These accused him of sorcery, and of driving out devils by Beelzebub, their prince, with as much justice as later the Catholic clergy had to accuse of the same more than one innocent martyr. But Justin Martyr states on better authority that the men of his time who were not Jews asserted that the miracles of Jesus were performed by magical art, the very expression used by the skeptics of those days to designate the feats of thaumaturgy accomplished in the pagan temples. They even ventured to call him a magician and a deceiver of the people, complains the martyr. In the Gospel of Nicodemus, the act of Pilate, the Jews bring the same accusation before Pilate. Did we not tell thee he was a magician? Celsus speaks of the same charge, and as a Neoplatonist believes in it. The Talmudic literature is full of the most minute particulars, and their greatest accusation is that Jesus could fly as easily in the air as others could walk. Saint Austin asserted that it was generally believed that he had been initiated in Egypt, and that he wrote books concerning magic, which he delivered to John. There was a work called Mahia Jesu Christi, which was attributed to Jesus himself. In the Clementine recognitions the charge is brought against Jesus that he did not perform his miracles as a Jewish prophet, but as a magician, i.e., an initiate of the heathen temples. It was usual then, as it is now, among the intolerant clergy of opposing religions, as well as among the lower classes of society, and even among those patricians who, for various reasons had been excluded from any participation of the mysteries, to accuse, sometimes, the highest hierophants and adepts of sorcery and black magic. So, Apuleius who had been initiated, 
was likewise accused of witchcraft, and of carrying about him the figure of a skeleton, a potent agent, as it is asserted, in the operations of the black art. But one of the best and most unquestionable proofs of our assertion may be found in the so-called Museo Gregoriano. On the sarcophagus, which is paneled with bari leaves representing the miracles of Christ, may be seen the full figure of Jesus, who, in the resurrection of Lazarus, appears beardless and equipped with a wand in the received guise of a necromancer, whilst the corpse of Lazarus is swathed in bandages exactly as an Egyptian mummy. H.P. Blavatsky Had posterity been enabled to have several such representations executed during the first century when the figure, dress, and everyday habits of the reformer were still fresh in the memory of his contemporaries, perhaps the Christian world would be more Christ-like. The dozens of contradictory, groundless, and utterly meaningless speculations about the Son of Man would have been impossible, and humanity would now have but one religion and one God. It is this absence of all proof, the lack of the least positive clue about him whom Christianity has deified, that has caused the present state of perplexity. No pictures of Christ were possible until after the days of Constantine, when the Jewish element was nearly eliminated among the followers of the new religion. The Jews, apostles, and disciples, whom the Zoroastrians and the Parsis had inoculated with a holy horror of any form of images, would have considered it a sacrilegious blasphemy to represent in any way or shape their master. The only authorized image of Jesus, even in the days of Tertullian, was an allegorical representation of the Good Shepherd, which was no portrait, but the figure of a man with a jackal head, like Anubis. On this gem, as seen in the collection of Gnostic amulets, the Good Shepherd bears upon his shoulders the lost lamb. He seems to have a human head upon his neck, but, as King correctly observes, it only seems so to the uninitiated eye. On closer inspection, he becomes the double-headed Anubis, having one head human, the other a jackal's, whilst his girdle assumes the form of a serpent rearing aloft its crested head. This figure, adds the author of the Gnostics, etc., had two meanings, one obvious for the vulgar, the other mystical, and recognizable by the initiated alone. It was perhaps the signet of some chief teacher or apostle. This affords a fresh proof that the Gnostics and early Orthodox, Christians were not so wide apart in their secret doctrine. King deduces from a quotation from Epiphanius, that even as late as 400 AD, it was considered an atrocious sin to attempt to represent the bodily appearance of Christ. Epiphanius brings it as an idolatrous charge against the Carpocratians that they kept painted portraits, and even gold and silver images, and in other materials, which they pretended to be portraits of Jesus, and made by Pilate after the likeness of Christ. These they keep in secret, along with Pythagoras, Plato, and Aristotle and setting them all up together, they worship and offer sacrifices unto them, after the Gentiles' fashion. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 16 To some degree there has been a general acceptance, at least a partial acceptance, of the angelic host as the guardian angels. Now many times the protection individuals have had has been the direct presence and help of the higher mental body. But there are those legions of the angelic host whose special service of love is to guard all that is constructive for individuals wherever the way is kept open. 
So, since we want to bring about the greater illumination for the incoming healing powers that must come to help individuals to greater freedom, this recognition must come, because the enfolding presence of the sacred fires purifying love from the angelic host enfolds every sincere doctor, nurse and individual who is concerned with giving mankind help. So many times, we have been nearer than breathing and closer than hands and feet, and but for that help to the masses of the people, they would not survive. As the mighty Saint Germain said, if a certain proportion of the impurity were not constantly being removed by the ascended masters and cosmic beings and the angelic host, mankind would not grow to be over 12 years of age. The physical body would not last that long because it is being smothered in its own discord. So, if you will help us purify the atmosphere, give us recognition and call the cosmic sun presence of the power flame of the angelic host to do for mankind what needs to be done the most, then we can set into action and establish certain streams of the sacred fire at various points in the nation or the world, that will forever expand, until the whole world has once again become purified. The responsibility that lies ahead seems great, but the accomplishment and the blessing to life will be so tremendous, and it will give us such mighty assistance, that you can but be greatly blessed by your effort to help the rest of life. And my dear ones, in your willingness to help the rest of life, you automatically lose your own problems. Isn't it wonderful, that when you turn away from the things that have been your struggle, they automatically dissolve and disappear, because your attention is drawing power from our world into your world. And as you protect the world ahead of you, you automatically leave the limitations of your own behind, and we consume them. Now that's a fair bargain. Applause. Thank you so much. Now I'm not a politician, but we will set into action the law of reciprocity, and if you will do this for me, I'll do that for you. Laughter. So beloved ones, if you'll help us purify and awaken and help set the rest of mankind free, we'll automatically render that same service to you, and the freedom you give shall come back to bless you forever. We have the power, and you must have the use of our power in your octave to overcome the things that must be annihilated from the universe. So, unless you understand that you must use the power flame of the angelic host's mastery of life, well, you're only using part of the power that you could so freely have, the blessings not only for yourself, but the blessings that you may bestow upon others. Beloved Archangel Michael, So blessed ones, in all the marvelous blessings and advance of modern civilization, the outer, mechanical activity has become so rapid that it is swallowing mankind's attention until it is keeping out of balance the activities of the individual. And we must correct that. The great cosmic law does not permit the individual's growth to be interfered with by the mass production of anything. The individual has a right to grow. The individual has a right to expand the light within each life stream, and not all the political accumulation on the earth can take the cosmic law out of existence. Mankind but create more confusion, and then being bound by that, must have our assistance to be free to try again. So, in freeing yourselves from your own problems, we hope you will call into all physical conditions in and around yourselves wherever you abide, a cosmic sun presence of the power flame of the ascended masters and angelic hosts control of life. I'm coming to a secret of tremendous power. When you call for the ascended masters and angelic hosts control of life, you have no hypnotic force in use. You have no dictatorship, you have no tyrants, you have no traitors. And the world will welcome the release from them all. When you call the ascended masters power flame, the angelic hosts power flame into outer physical conditions to control life, all life, then our love purifies and frees, illumines and raises all life wherever that power flows 
and the shadows of human limitation are consumed forever. This is why I am pleading with you tonight to use the power flame of the Ascended Masters and Angelic Hosts' control of life by that great miracle love from the central sun that is all freedom. Blessed ones, the door stands wide open before you. The hands of the angelic host are stretched to offer you their blessings, and to guide you forward into the most wondrous experiences you've ever known, and there lies only happiness and freedom ahead if you will do this with us from tonight. And I am sure your own experiences, as you just try this out a little bit, will thrill you with such joy that it will hold your attention, will set the habit, and you will go forward to the victorious accomplishment you have always desired. And ahead of you lies only the sunshine presence of our world, our happiness, our mastery of life. And it all depends on the power flame of the love from the heart of creation, and the use of that sacred fire love in physical conditions, for it purifies all and frees all and gives all for eternity. May we abide with you, and wherever you go, be aware of our presence, that you and we may rescue weary mankind from the slaughter and the filth, and the destruction intended. This is what we want to avoid. And with your love to us and our love to you, you call this power into action, and we will accomplish the victory. And we thank you for your presence with us. May the fullness of all that love can bestow teach you of itself, be your illumination, stand your guard, and give you the strength and the power to produce this victory that lifts your fellowmen out of the clutches of the evil of human creation. May you go forward and know we are closer to you than we've ever been before. And this time, may you keep aware of us, that your power may grow greater every hour from tonight. Thank you with all my heart. Beloved Archangel Michael.